Welcome to the 4A Podcast. My name is Bradley Greenberg, and I am here today with Tom Wolin and Aiden Franklin. How are we doing today, boys? Doing good. Uh, some of those picks did not land. In fact, some of them were absolutely horrendous, but we're back again to make more predictions. More- we have to get back on track somehow. Toronto, they lost at home. The Mets are going to met. St. Louis couldn't play defense in Cleveland and Tampa Bay can't hit, but Cleveland can barely hit a little bit more. We're going to recap the wild card series. And then we're going to go into the division series. We're going to summarize our little competition and then we're going to make predictions. because That's kind of what we do here. So I want to start this off. What happened to Toronto? Luis Castillo happened. I think exactly what we predicted was going to happen happened. Um, the offense folded game one and they came back game two and scored the runs they needed to. And just like we predicted, they were not able to provide the defense that they, that they needed. Yeah, no, I, that was one of the heartbreakers for me as picking Toronto that second game. I thought, well, you, you forced it to game three, anything can happen. And then that bullpen came into action and did worse than I think both of us, all of us thought would happen. I think there's like, we were all a little bit concerned about that bullpen. Like we were really just concerned that it didn't have much depth, but when, when Tim Mesa came in a game two, I mean, I don't know why they brought out Kevin Gossman. He was a little bit shaky, but Gossman over Mesa any day of the week. You're still putting a switch hitter. It may have been against his platoon, but Santana's going to make you pay. He's a veteran in the playoffs. And you know what? It it didn't fall correctly. But think something we did get from this is like people were concerned about the lack of depth in that Mariners offense. It's a legitimate offense. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be reckoned with, especially with um the clutch factor in that that offense. It seems like bats that weren't even playing a role in the regular season are not coming alive like Rally, Cal Rally. A well, big dumper. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's what we, you know, I think that's what some of us said was some bats that we did not hit in regular season or did not product, you know, in regular season, they're going to come alive. They're going to fight. They're going to battle, and they're going to get these big hits that they need to happen. Like, I mean, Padres, Christian. And then something that I'm honestly concerned about for the Mariners is Robbie Ray did not look good. It counted he went against one lefty in the Blue Jays. It was a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. And he got he paid for it. Like the Blue Jays struck early and they got him out quick. But on the other side, the Mariners got to Gossman and they got to Manoa. Manoa had been lights out right coming into the postseason. But unfortunately, the movie had an ending that the Blue Jays didn't see coming. It was a nice little plot twist for them. Better plot twist for the Mariners fans. So in this series, Tom, who was your pick to stand out? Um, my pick was J-Rod, but with a secondary pick of Gino. Um, and I know I can't technically take the points for Gino, but I was right on Gino. Uh, I was right on, as on, uh, on J-Rod, but I mean, Gino did, he did his thing. He batted in a ton of runs. Uh, he hit for high slugging percentage, uh, the whole, that whole series, the whole two game series. So, but he still was one of the biggest factors in that, that, that whole series. So, uh, I'll take, I'll take points if I can get them. I'll give them to you. So basically what we're doing here is when we made our predictions last episode, we're going to get points for them. If you were spot on, they, you know, they did their job. They took over the series. You get two points for them. If they were solid, they weren't amazing, but you know what? They were a quality contributor. You get a point. If they were Nolan Arenado against the Phillies, you got no points. And if you got it correct, you got a point. So Tom, he had Suarez. And he had the Mariners winning, so he gets three points right there. Aiden, what about you? <laughs> Aiden? <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't uh, my uh, brightest pick. For Yeah, I, I, when I when I picked the Jays, I thought if the Jays were going to win, Vladdy would have would, – I mean, he would have to do his – something anything anything more than he did and it no he he didn't and also you had the blue jays winning so zero vladdy and zero blue jays got you a fat zero on the board yeah and then i i had gino 
us, but you know, completely uh, original idea. We don't listen to the podcast in chronological order. I had Gino by myself and I had the Mariners winning. So there's three points there. The Mariners, they're legit. Like the Mariners are a legit offense, but speaking of offense, lack thereof, we go to Cleveland versus Tampa Bay. The first game was one of the quickest games in postseason since I believe the late nineties. And the second game decided to go 15 innings, you know, balancing the scales a little bit. But one thing that was common through both those games is there was no offense. Game one, Jose Siri off of Shane Bieber, who pitched fantastic. And then Jose Ramirez returns the favor in the bottom of the inning. He strikes back off of Shane McClanahan, two-run home run. Shane McClanahan threw great. But two-to-one was enough to end game one. And then game two happened. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, game two, 15 innings. I think that's all you had to say. 15 innings, not that many hits. And one hit, SpongeBob did it. That's all it took was the walk-up song, SpongeBob, get people going, and he ends it. And you know, that's it. um, let's go into picks. I was actually going before we go to that. Yeah, Corey Kluber led up the home run. How fitting is that? Like, if you're a Cleveland fan, right? You're happy you won, but you gotta feel like guilty, right? Like something like, hurt doing that yes uh, yes and no i feel like once a player is on a different team it's it's almost like are you a fan of the player or are you a fan of the franchise and i feel like for guardians fans it's not they're they're in the next round and, and tampa bay's not and i think that they would rather see that than Corey kluber winning world series uh so i mean i don't know if it's that big of a deal but i definitely think i don't think we could have predicted it better i think at the beginning last episode we said this would be run by pitching and this would be run by bullpens too after pitching. And we saw that in a 15 inning bullpen brawl uh, and, and that we couldn't have predicted that better. Um, And so, I mean, that, that whole, that whole series was run by pitching, like we said. And something that's really concerning or not concerning, but I think it's more food for thought for this off season. We'll talk about it later. The Rays aren't built for the postseason. The Rays are built to win in the regular season. But they, they have pitching. They can pitch all day, every day. But they don't have that bat, and it showed this series. And they didn't have a Rosarena going, and they didn't have Franco going, and they didn't have offense. Yeah, yeah I feel like you lack that magic. When you lack the magic of a Rosarena last year, you lack, you lack the, the magic of uh, Franco coming up. I feel like this team just does not have the offensive firepower to, to even contend because you could have a great pitching staff and still give up one run and get shut out. Uh, and I see a similar, a similar trend in the Brewers who have great pitching staff, horrible offense. Um, so really, I think, I think in the offseason, I think it would be good to aim for some good bats. I don't think uh, a move like Nelson Cruz like they did last year was a good idea. Um, I feel like going for some younger bats or even some prime bats would be a better idea. I know they can't afford – like the best bats in the game, but you know, upgrades in certain positions would definitely help them out. Yeah, no. And I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I think I perfectly said it in the last episode, I, this game was going to be a brawl. It was going to be a save situation or walk off any game. It happened to only go two games, but I mean, I, I think, I think we all saw this coming. I mean, no one team is going to blow out the other team. It's, one of those series all right did we all have the guardians winning that yes okay the guardians aiden you're on the board good job thank you thank you and then so aiden you had jose ramirez i did now no offensive player had an outstanding series how are we feeling about grading this like impact impact I like he had that play in the 12th inning he had the huge home run in game one we give him two points, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. And then, Tom, you had Andre Jimenez. Hey, man. You know, he, he didn't – he didn't. I guess he's new to the scene. So, I mean, he's got time to adjust now for the next series. I'm not – I don't plan to pick him again. Uh, 
upcoming series, but I think that he's got room to grow for sure. I think he had something to prove this series and he just wasn't ready for the, uh, all the attention, all the spotlight. And then I had Tristan McKenzie. I think the, okay. His impact was really big until it went 15 innings. I think even then, if you, if, if you'd say McKenzie only went four innings, then your bullpen would have had to go a lot longer. I think that the impact of him going deep into the game and also shutting him down also is, it, it, it could be, even more impactful than J-Ram um, in, in terms of just, like, winning it for your team. And, I mean, if you look at him, he pitched how many innings? Six. Six? Yeah. Giving up one, two hits? One or two hits, yeah. Yeah, one or two hits. I mean, I think he he kept his own, handed it to the bullpen perfectly. Just, you know, the Guardians didn't score until 15th when it, you know, actually mattered. But Yeah. So – that sums up the American League. So, so far, looking at those point totals, Aiden is at the bottom with three, Tom has four, and I have six. And St. Louis versus Philadelphia. I told you all. I told you so, and I told you so. There's just something that was off about the Cardinals for me. It was also that Nolan and Wheeler are really good, but it just didn't feel like the Cardinals were going to pitch to the level that the Phillies could. Jose Quintana did really good. He started, like, he pitched fantastic in game one. I mean, so did so did Zach Wheeler. And then, you know, Jose Alvarado comes in, lets up a two-run home run. And we're all celebrating because, oh, you all are, because Ryan Helsley's on the mound. It's the ninth inning. He got the first out. Oh, no. Defense. Oh no. Tommy Edmond lets a ball go through. No one Arenado whips. The Phillies take a six to two lead and win game one behind Led Zeflin closing it out. Yeah, that I mean I I think that one, I mean, was a shock to everybody. I mean, sure, you score one run tie it. Yeah, you know, one, two runs, you know, tie the game, take the lead, you know, do whatever you want. Six runs. I, I'm, I mean, it, it left me speechless. And I think after you score six runs, the only fitting way to end it is to win the next game with Nola on the mound. Yeah, that's probably one of the toughest challenges to choke away a game and then have to the very next day face one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I, I called. I didn't call for the Phillies to win, but I did call when Nola was on the mound that the Phillies would win the game. And that proved to be true because, I mean, he really dominated that game. Um, and, I mean, after that first game, the Cardinals' momentum was gone, absolutely gone. So, going into game two, they had absolutely nothing going for them. And the, the Phillies had everything going for them, you know. And the Cardinals had nothing to lo- had everything to lose, and the Phillies had nothing to lose. So, yeah. And before we talk about it a little bit more, I, I want to preface that Adam Wainwright, Yadi Molina, Albert Pujols, fantastic careers. We never got to see Pujols. We were like, we came to baseball fandom early 2010s, like right when he was exiting the prime. We did, we did get to see a couple years of Yadi's prime, but most of what we've seen of Yadi has been kind of downhill. Wayno has been a lot better the past couple of years, but just fantastic careers. You know, I don't think they wanted it to end like this, but Yachty and Pujols went on the highest note that they could have, given the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Personal achievements, both. I mean, all of, all of them are actually incredible. The battery, the, the the home run number. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And then the one thing that really sticks out to me about this is obviously St. Louis's defense was bad, but there was a play in the first game where there's a ground ball to Paul Goldschmidt and he throws it home. It has to be a perfect throw to get the out there. You turn a double play there. You're losing a run. Like, I think would that have been the tying run or the go ahead run? Go ahead. Okay. So that would have been the third run, but you're getting two outs on that play. Like at least one out, if not two. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the situations where you at least have to tag first. 
and at, at least get yourself one out. I mean, I see where he's coming from. He makes that though. He spins around. He looks home. And it's, I mean, it's a half a second judgment play. You know, you either have to spin and hit second, spin and hit home, or touch first. And, you know, he went to try and preserve the tie, and it backfired. I mean, so I, I mean, yeah, I agree with Aiden. I agree with everything you just said. So, um, and then, so for this series, I had Bryce Harper taking it over. And I don't think he took it over, but he had the big home running game too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think impact impact is there, but it isn't. Like first game, he he yeah, he I mean he was almost invisible. Second game, he hit that home run that I mean it, it it put them up, it put them, you know, feeling good, giving Nola that lead. So I mean I think the impact is there, but I mean is it is it as much as two points? I would say probably not, probably one point. Yeah. I would I would say the Phillies most valuable player is either Tommy Edmond or Nolan Arenado. Um because the Cardinals threw the game. Okay. So <laughs> he's there. Philly bats. Because there wasn't anything that really stood out. I would say Bryce Harper is deserving of a point or two, but I think the pitching and the literal opposing team was more valuable than than their own bats, but yeah, it was an issue. And yeah, I mean, if you look at it, that bottom or that top of the ninth for Philly, do they have any extra base hits? If not one, I, I think it was single, single, air, air, single, walk, uh, choice, yeah. walk. I mean, they they really did it little league style. Yeah. And then can y'all tell me about y'all's picks real quick? Oh man. Um so I had Miles Nicholas. Um he Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, Aiden, what was your pick? I, I had Nolan Gorman, and I truly thought they should have <laughs> played him, and they needed to play him, and they didn't play him. And I mean, he got up once, and I think got a single, or walked to something, or he pinch ran, even worse. So you know, he was zero points and zero points for the pick. Mm. Dang. Yeah, but y'all might have got that one wrong, but we all got the next series wrong. Yeah, we all thought the Mets would win. And honestly, I don't think at any point after like the first inning or two of the first game, there was any hope. The Mets won game two, but it felt like they were skating by on thin ice with ankle weights. It didn't feel like they won game two. I don't know. I think that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. You, had, you hadn't seen their, their their season dominance, beginning of the season dominance. You you would see this team, and you'd probably guess they're they're the last seed. You you would probably think, how did this team even get in? The way the way that they're playing seemed like it would be one of the one of the bottom feeder teams that barely got into the playoffs. It doesn't. It did. They didn't look like the dominant Mets that we had predicted. That would they 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 folded and went in when it was crunch time, and I mean if 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 you truly looked at, I mean I would probably say the matchup going in, looking you have Scherzer going one, Degrom going two, Bassett going three, you have the NL batting champ in there, you know you have Peter Alonso who had ton of home runs, how would they lose? But the Padres came in. As the away team, with some fire in them, did their thing. I mean, what more could you ask for for an away team coming into City Field? Last offseason, Max Scherzer signs a three-year record-breaking deal. I think he's making like $43 million this year. The scene on Friday night is Max Scherzer walking off the field, four and a third, seven earned runs, to a chorus of booze at home. I don't think any of us could have seen Max Scherzer getting booed off the field at his home stadium. No, no. And, and I think if you look at the situation where, I mean, I think Tom even said it, one of them are destined 
I mean, not destined, but his guess was one of them was going to fail. The other one was going to pitch good. And that one happened to be Scherzer. When we say fail, seven runs getting booed on your home field, no. I mean, I, it happens. It does. But to one of the best in Scherzer, it things. It, it begs the question, and I was thinking about this ever since it's happened. Is it? Is it a bad game from Scherzer, or is it a great adjustment from the Padres? Is it, is it great preparation from the Padres? It's Max Scherzer's hurt. Yeah, but is it the fact that he's pitching at a at a poor level, or that he's pitching at a good level, and the other team is just better and overpowered that? I mean, I I think it's a mixture of everything. I think it's a mixture of the Padres coming in knowing they have to hit, and they hit, and they prepared to hit, and against Scherzer. I think it's you mix in Scherzer being obviously he's gonna you're gonna come out and say you know he's not hundred percent he didn't look a hundred percent, um, and just uh, the Padres simply look like the team with more, just they just look mad and they look like they were having fun and it came back and that's all you need. Yeah, and game two, we knew the Mets were gonna try and rebound. They take the lead early, and then Trent Grisham goes oppo taco off of, I believe, 100 on the black. Trent Grisham was outstanding this series. Jacob DeGrom, that was my pick. He was through five innings. He had allowed two runs. He's definitely not 100%. And honestly, he made it through the sixth. He was okay. I think... We all didn't feel like Jacob DeGrom was Jacob DeGrom. I mean, I feel like just me, all season, DeGrom has not been DeGrom. You've had a start here. You've had a start there where he's good. But, I mean, his velocity was up. I mean, he was throwing constantly throwing 101. He'd hit 102 here. But it looked like his location was off. I mean, he was throwing that. But it was right down the middle or, you know, and yes, you can throw velocity, but when you throw it, you have to have some location. And it didn't look like all the time he had it. And I, I think that's what costed him. I would say I would say the Grom looked like the Grom up until September 13th. And even past that day, he was still getting over 10 strikeouts a game, but he started allowing a lot, a lot more runs and walking a lot more batters. He gave up five runs to the A's. Um, that that is not a like thing. So obviously finishing off the season with a decent game against the Padres. I mean against the Braves, he had he had some momentum, but I don't think he was able to maintain that. He had a, a decent start, but he didn't have a Degrom start. And I almost think that you know as much as. Degrom is Degrom. Degrom making money. You know this, that. Degrom, the whole team. He's the he's the best player. I would put it. After I feel he just looked different after that athletic start. It almost like rattled him and shook him and like holy cow, anybody can do this to me. And I think that was a little shaking. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm 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 shocked. Behind City Field, City Field was loud. Even down six, they were loud. You know the down for the trumpets coming out honestly i don't think that was bad though i think it's like you got to keep the fans in it so having the trumpets it's not bad like he's getting like they're getting crapped on for it it's not that bad no and it's i mean they're just i mean (laughs) they're gonna get joked on because of the mets and they blew it and you know they played trumpets down for but honestly down for he's coming in you put narco on to try and get the fans into it, get him into it, close him down, score two runs here, and they did. Um, well, they didn't score the runs, but they Diaz shut him down. You, I think you had a run on first and second. You had an opportunity to score your runs, and you didn't in the seventh. And it, it just they scored two runs off of him. Did they? Because it was second, yeah, it was oh, second and third, and Soto hit that ground ball Soto. down the line. Yeah, but. Were those were those his runs? No, they were. Uh, who was in before him? Bassett. Or no, 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 no. no it wasn't uh, Bassett. Who was it? 
Um, I don't know. Whoever I mean, it was. I mean, I just, that series was so bad. I mean, it was, you can't even think he was pitching. I know May pitched both. Like, I feel like he pitched twice. You know, Diaz came in. But other, I mean, it, with that series, I feel like it's just so mushed together. And just, I mean, awfulness, to to be completely honest. Predictions. Um, I had, I, I even, who did I think? You had Juan Soto. I did, and Soto was one of the question marks we had going into here. Could he spark the team? And he had that hit off of Diaz that scored two runs to kind of put the dagger. But other than that, I mean, I think he walked. I think he struck out a couple of times. So I, I think it's one point to Soto and zero points for the team winning. Yeah, so I think first night, though, he – went over three or over four and he rolled over three times to ground outs second night smoking the ball makes it into the outfield and he finally comes through yeah. in the last night i agree with that point there um i think my pick was yeah lindor um really not making too much noise um i believe he had a home did he have a home run in one of the, in game two uh didn't score in game two or no sorry yes game two didn't score in game three yeah, so there was there was a little bit of firepower from from Lindor, but not enough to really make any impact. Uh, there wasn't runners on base when he was up a bat. There wasn't much RBI opportunity. You know, it wasn't the offense wasn't coming together as a whole, so it was hard to capitalize. And I, I really feel like that's been the Mets um, all season. You know, Degrom pitches lights out, no runs. Scherzer pitches lights out, no runs. They scored 10, 15 runs. No pitching, you know, it's it's one of those, even if they do win, it's 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 they don't get both. And when they do, obviously they win, but when? How often? It it, it was rare. And then I had the Grom one point. He was fine. Yeah. I would almost say no points. He well, yeah, if you're gonna give yourself points for the Grom, I think I should get some for Lindor just because he hit a home run in the game that they won. I don't think the Grom deserves a point. He was not I don't think he would say he got a point. Yeah, yeah. he he wasn't Degrom. And yeah, I, I think you know you get one point for him being Degrom, and you get two points for him being Degrom. You know, it's like, and he wasn't that. Yeah, and it, yeah. All right, so we have wrapped it up. The scores right now: we have a two-way tie for second place of three people. We have Aiden and Tom with four points. I'm in first with eight. We'll be right back. See you after this. Welcome back to the 4A podcast. We are about to make our uh, NL and ALDS predictions. Um, brace yourself for some hot takes. Brad, you want to start us off with the uh, Guardians versus Yankees? I got the Guardians. The Guardians got this. Like, honestly, the Yankees, they can hit. They can rake. I don't know what Aaron Judge is going to do. I don't know how these, what's it been a week off, is going to affect him. Uh, I'm interested to see what Matt Carpenter is going to do. He's on the roster, but I, Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez, they are, they, they rub me, but past that, like, I don't trust the Yankees pitching because they're not going to pitch to the degree that the Rays just did. So the Guardians are probably going to hit a little bit better and the Guardians are going to pitch. So I think something we forgot about just in this recent series is how mm-hmm. good the Guardians have been hitting. This is a team that led all of Major League Baseball in hits in the second half of the year. Um, and I'm going to have to agree with you, Brad, just because I'm feeling a similar situation in this Yankees-Guardians uh, matchup, just because, uh, as compared to the Padres-Mets, the the Yankees have everything to lose. They're, they have a very um, wanting fan base and a fan base that's going to criticize them for any anything. And I think that's going to get to their heads. I saw Joey Gallo. Uh, how he played in, in the Bronx. It's a challenge. It's, it's, it's going to be in the Bronx. So if you have a bad performance by uh, any player, they're going to get booed. Um, and you also got the fact that um, the Yankees are – someone's just knocking on the window, sorry. Um, you got the fact that the Yankees um, – the Yankees have everything to lose. And the Guardians feel like they're coming in here as 
you know, they, they, no one thinks that they should be here, um, except for the Guardians. Yeah. And, um, you know, Brad, you, you, you take this back over real quick. Um, so basically, I, Tom and I agree that the Guardians can take this over. Yankees have all the pressure on them. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I have the Yankees, and, and truly, I think this is the, I mean, I, I might be one of few, you know, because what they have done in the postseason recently, I think it's getting to everybody's head. But this I, this Yankees team, I don't know. I, this one's different than all the other ones. And I, I personally have them winning the World Series. But it's this Yankees team depends on pitching, in my opinion. They're going to hit. You know they're going to hit. What call are we going to get in game one? Are we going to get the one where he strikes out 13 and gives up four hits? Or are we going to get the one that, you know, strikes out eight but gives up four home runs? And, you know, if we get a good Garrett Cole and he comes out and he plays well and he sets the stage for, you know, the other, for, you know, Nestor Cortez in that bullpen, I, I think the Yankees, I think the Yankees, you know, can handle their business. They're gonna hit for power, you know they will, and you have some guys that might hit for contact, but if they can hit for power, they can pitch. Who's gonna stop them? I can see that. It's just a, the Garrett Cole concern. Like he can't pitch in the postseason, and where Cleveland may not have been as forgiving to a contact hitter like Owen Miller or uh, what's his name, Stephen Kwan. You know, you make that mistake to Stephen Kwan at Yankee Stadium, that doesn't go over the short porch. And honestly, if you're comparing the bullpens here, you don't have Aroldis Chapman, who's horrible in the postseason. We don't need to talk about him. But Scott Afros, Clay Holmes, Jonathan Lewisica, and you got to compare it to just everyone who just threw for the Guardians. Sam Henke's just went for three innings and blanked the Rays. Yeah, and... I, I, you bring, you know, you bring up a good point is how, how, how would that bullpen perform? You know, you have, you know, you have, you know, problem, a problem here, problem there. Are they going to be fully healthy? Um, you know, you've had a couple, you know, injuries, injury concerns. Um, but I think another aspect, you know, we have to bring up about the series. What about how young this Indians team, this Guardians team is? Pardon me. Excuse you. <laughs> Um, this Guardians team, the youngest team in the MLB. You have, you know, you have that Bieber, you have that J-Ram who have that experience, but you have a lot of young guys. How can they do in a postseason in the Bronx? If, if they can, if they can shake out their nerves, play well, this, this will be probably the best series of this ALDF, or the, the division series. But what happens if they can't? What happens if they, you know, that that first playoff series, which I think was perfect for them, was at home. Now you have to go to a rowdy crowd in New York, play in the Bronx, cold weather. You know, I, I think it depends on, you know, what one, what Garrett Cole we're going to get. Two, can the young Guardians come out and play good? Yeah, and I... And I was um I was looking at the season record. The Yankees have five out of six wins uh, in that matchup. But keep in mind that is also not considering the last month where Cleveland suddenly became the best hitting team in all of baseball. So you got to weigh in both uh, factors here. Uh, the Yankees have declined since that since that first series, and the Indians have gotten a lot better. So I I don't know this this series. This series is one that I'm going to be watching the most. Aiden, what are you, what are you doing? Pardon you, the who? Oh my goodness, the Guardians. <laughs> Gotta I, get used to it. This this Guardians team reminds me of last of the 2019 Nationals. You have a team that they weren't projected to win the division. You weren't projected to do this that. But you 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 are scorching going into the playoffs. You are hitting insanely well in the last month. You're doing this or that. Nobody expects you to you know to really. I mean, we we did. Other people, you know, the wild card, yeah. But nobody expects them. I feel like to really beat this Yankees team. I mean, 
can they do it? Sure, but I mean, I feel like some of the ex, most of the experts really have that I've seen the Yankees winning. Yeah, and most of the experts had the Mets beating the Padres, but you, you cited that the cold weather that's not going to have an effect. They play in Cleveland; it's freezing there. It's just, I think personally, I have the Guardians winning us in four. I think if they can take one of two in New York, they're going home for two games. And they play well at home. Like, there's a, there is a formula for the Guardians to win this. If that formula fails, the Yankees win. The Yankees don't have to have an explicitly written formula. They don't have to use the Pythagorean theorem. But the Yankees can falter, and the Guardians can win this. Guardians in four. The, so I'll give my prediction one second after I state one thing. The thing about this series that is interesting is it goes New York, rest day, New York, rest day, Cleveland, rest day, Cleveland, New York. No rest day in between games four and five. So you have a veteran team in New York, and then you have a team in, like I said, the young team. How can they handle the flying to the you know, the flying to New York to play in a crucial game five. So I post, I personally have Yankees in four, but I also think if it gets to game five, the Yankees would win. I think personally, if the, in, if the guardians are going to do it, they have to do it in, they, ha- they have to do it in three or four. So in a statement, just to summarize what actually is going on, it's game one off day, game two off day, three, four, five. So three, four, and five are back to back to back. Just so we have that clear. Yeah. I I I don't know how much of an impact the stadium will have, how much impact the travel time will have. Because both teams are gonna have to deal with it. And both teams I, I don't know. Um, but I have the Guardians winning at five. I think I think that the Guardians are going to go up 2 nothing, and the Yankees are going to storm back uh, and score a lot of runs in the next few games. And then game five is going to be a long game, I think. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, but you got two very good-hitting teams with one team having a weaker pitching staff. I think there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games. And, uh, I mean, you could see this whole Yankees team just completely vanish on offense. Um, we've seen it before. And that's what worries me. Uh, I'm not a Yankees fan, so I don't worry about that stuff. But if I was a Yankees fan, I would be worried to play the Guardians, especially coming off of that win where they showed to be dominant on the pitching side. Um, I, I don't see the Yankees winning here. I, I think a lot of people think the Yankees are going to win, but uh, they've proved to be frauds for most of the season. So I, I, I truly believe I'm, I'm sticking by that. I got Guardians at five. So, so you think the Guardians can travel back from Cleveland to New York like I said, a young team and beat them in New York in game five in a low scoring game. I I think, I don't know if it's going to be a low scoring game, but I think, I think, yes, I think they can do it. I think they can, I, it's, it, they, the Yankees got to fly back too. I mean, it's, it's something that every baseball player has to deal with. I know they're less experienced, but they've proven to be pretty clutch um, just in this last series. Um, I'm, I'm pulling for that. I'm pulling for the clutch to keep up and I'm pulling for the bats to keep, to keep, stay hot. Are y'all ready to pick your MVPs? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brad, you want to start us off? Honestly, I know I have the Guardians winning this, and I'm going to go for a reach here. I have his Waldo Cabrera. I think, I think as Waldo Cabrera, I don't think he's going to do anything but hit home runs, but he's going to hit a couple home runs. And they might be important. They might not be. But he, there's just something there that screams postseason. Yeah, I mean, certainly an interesting one. And I, uh, I have a, I think a, probably a more interesting one um, than you would. Um, you have obviously the big names: Judge, Stanton, Rizzo. Can they hit? Will they hit? I'm going to go with a shocker, and I'm going to go with Kyle Higashioka. 
I think he he's batting low in this lineup. I think they're going to get some base runners in that middle. And once or twice, he's going to deliver those big knocks in Yankee Stadium. Look at games one, two, and five. If it gets to five, I think he's going to deliver those huge knocks because nobody's going to expect it from him. I think I think mine's interesting because it's very rare to see a closing pitcher win a, a series MVP, but every every game that the, the Guardians will win in this series, it has to have an ending with Class A in it. There has to be a Class A finisher. And yes, I love this guy. He's absolutely incredible. Um, but I truly believe to shut the door on the Yankees, it will be Class A in every game that the Guardians win. And I, I'm going to say that's going to be the most valuable. All right, so uh, there you yeah. have it. I mean, I, I had a good three, three very, yeah. three very hot takes. I mean, yeah. not a single one of those was like safe. So it's gonna be <laughs> interesting to see how that plays out. Okay, so copping over to the other, other side. All right, just saying it on three: Mariners or Astros? Three, two, one. Astros. Astros. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can't beat that team. <laughs> Like I, I don't see it happening. It's it's like it's like David versus Goliath. If 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 the Mariners were able to pull off an upset against the Astros, it would literally be like the 2019 Nationals beating the Dodgers. This is something I just don't see. There's a team with like the maximum postseason experience versus a team with absolutely no postseason experience. This is a team with a a really well-rounded pitching staff and a, a team that even after being proved to be cheating is still continuing to rake. It's just the matchup does not seem fair, um, and I, I just I don't see the Mariners pulling through this. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for the Mariners to even win a game in this series, as much as I'm rooting for them. Yeah, and I mean I think honestly I think everybody but Astros fans are cheering for Seattle, and it's just you know and I think one one thing we didn't even mention for the whole division series is if you look at it, it's truly the division series. You have, besides the Yankees-Guardians, you have AL West, AL West, NL West against NL West, and NL East against NL East. It really, there's going to be some bad blood in these series. And Yeah, I these just, are teams that are familiar with each other, like all yeah, of them. Yeah, and I, I think this series is truly going to come down to Seattle and their offense. I think Seattle's going to have to score. You know, you don't go into Houston and limit limit this team to one, two runs. I think Houston's going to average four to five runs a game in the whole series. So I think if Seattle wants to come in and win, which they did in a hostile Toronto environment, they have to come in. They have to play. You can't make mistakes. You cannot make an you cannot make a crucial error. You know, you can't, you know, make these big mistakes that ultimately, you know, St. Louis did. Um, yeah, you have to play clean baseball and you have to score. And if they can score and they can play clean baseball, you can take a five maybe. Uh, but you can't beat this Astros team. Uh, Brad, I got a question for you. Um, you know baseball pretty well, so I got a question. Um, the Mariners and the Astros met 19 times this season. How many games do you think the Astros won this season? I think they won 14 out of 19. They won 12 out of 19. So okay. they went 12 and 7, which means the Mariners were able to pull off some victories in there. I would have thought it was a lot more lopsided coming into this, but um, it's by no means insanely lopsided. Um, like we're going to look at later, the Padres and the Dodgers, that is that season matchup was crazy. I think that the Padres won four games. But seven's a lot different. It's a lot closer. Um, and I, I, I think with a little bit of Seattle magic, they could pull something off, but I – Still don't have them winning. I think I have the Astros winning in four. Yeah, I I think I think for you know another aspect for Seattle to win. There's a lot of aspects in this. You cannot get swept in Houston. You have to find a way to if you can get one. That's all you need is get one game and take it back to Seattle one one. Have some life injected into you. Have that crowd that has not seen playoff baseball in 21 years. Have them come into it tied 1-1. I think you have a shot. You go down 2-0, you're not winning three straight games against, you know, this Houston team. Honestly, 
I want the Mariners to win so bad. Let's go, Mariners. Come on. I'm tired of seeing Minute Maid Park in the postseason. My eyes are numb from seeing it in the postseason. Get the Astros out. Let's see a new place in the World Series. Yeah, no, I I agree. So, Brad, what would your uh, prediction be? Okay, so the way I look at this is the Mariners have a very well-rounded team. They have really good pitching. They have a good bullpen. They have a quality starting staff. It's just you can fall so far from the top when you go with that offense, and you've got to go against McCullers, Valdez, and Justin Verlander. That is not who you want on the mound in a big game against you. And that's not, so, that's not even counting Houston's offense. Who's all they've all done this. Every single person on Houston besides Jeremy Pena, Mauricio Dubon and Trey Mancini, they have been here. Trey Mancini is a seasoned veteran. He's been through the ringer with the Orioles. This is his time. I just don't see a way that they can beat this Houston offense. Yeah. I think they I mean, can get to the pitching. I think they can get to the bullpen. Like the bullpen's been really good, but I think they can the Mariners can get to the Houston bullpen. They just can't outslug the Astros. It's something we said about the Blue Jays. They might not be able to outslug the Blue Jays, but you cannot outslug the Astros in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Minute Maid Park, it's gonna be booming. It's gonna be, you know, orange. It's gonna be loud. It always is. Houston fans so supportive. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I, I'm gonna say Astros in four because I think Seattle sneaks one out late, gets that crucial hit. Um, but I mean, I could even see Houston in three. I, I don't think it goes. I don't think there's a chance it goes five. I don't think there's a chance Seattle can win this series. Honestly, here's how I'm running it down. You're gonna get Verlander and probably Valdez game one and two. I know it's Verlander game one. I'm not, I'm pretty sure it's Valdez game two. From there, they have to face Logan Gilbert and either George Kirby or we get back to Luis Castillo. Yeah. I would throw George Kirby game two. Get Castillo at home. I have this going five games. I have every home team winning. Yeah. I yeah, I mean. I could totally see it. I can. I the thing that really you know scares me is can can Seattle win back to back games against this team even at home? Can they? I I that's the biggest question mark. You know, is sure you can sneak one out. Can you sneak two out? Can you dominate one? Sneak one out uh, against Houston? I, I I can't. All right, Tom. Who's your guy? Who's doing it? Uh, I know I just picked a super risky one in the last one, but I'm going to go with a safe bet in Justin Verlander, someone who's just proved it time in and time out. This guy just ages like fine wine. Shout out Draft Nick Mark, man. This guy just ages like shit. He just, he's, he's just getting better every year. And he has not slowed down. He hasn't slowed down at all. So uh, I see Verlander shutting down game one and maybe coming in as a reliever in later game. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I went, I went risky, you know, uh, first one, I'm going to go safe. I'm going to go with Altuve. I mean, it, if it's going to get started, it's going to be with the, I don't know, five, nine second baseman, you know, even, even shorter than that. Who knows? <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, he's going to, he's going to get those big doubles, those, I mean, you know, home runs here and there. Um, I think if the Astros are going to run away with it, Altuve needs to, you know, he's been here before he needs to be the, the head of it. So I have two people. I'm trying to figure out which one I want. The first one, he's my dad. He's your dad. He's Jordan Alvarez. Obvious. But the one I am leaning towards is Christian Javier. I don't think he's going to start, but let's say McCullers gets hit hard. He's going to come in for five, four or five innings and strike out eight or nine people. Like Christian Javier's been lights out this year. He's been fantastic. He's going to be in the Astros' bullpen? That's my guy. I got Christian Javier. I like that pick. That's that. That's smart. I mean, I I personally didn't even know Javier was in the bullpen. Like, I would be worried to face him as a starter, but now as a, as a bullpen arm, that's 
yeah I, I feel like that's so good for Houston is you have you have starters like that okay Seattle hit 20 of starters oh no you know okay you know Seattle's getting some momentum here comes Javier you know here comes somebody else from that bullpen it's just there's so many things that Houston has has you know that you it's going to be tough to even if you get hits off one guy here comes the next and that brings us to the conclusion of the American League and now it's time for the National League Phillies Braves okay like I'm I'm down to watch this it's just those Braves they're going to be good without Spencer Strider you give him Spencer Strider the series is done in three games yeah, um, that uh, you know, looking at it, that first pitching matchup, we saw pitching really won, you know, the Phillies that first series. But you can't roll out with that one-two punch of Wheeler Nola right out of the gate. You have to run that third guy before you can possibly go back, and that third guy in that series happens to be, uh, who is Ranger it? Suarez. Rangers was against Max Freed. That's just not the pitching matchup you want to have in Atlanta. I I, I said this with St. Louis. I mean it here. I cannot see Philly taking game one. I think if they're going to do it, it's going to be in Philly. If it with, if Philly can find some way to take it to nothing going into Philly, Philly wins this series. Other than that, it's all Atlanta. I mean, Philly's going to be rocking. They haven't had playoffs in 11 years. Philly is an amazing sports town. You know, their fans are something else. Um, But this Atlanta team is almost kind of like, you know, this Houston team. They're, they're built for this, you know. They won it last year. They're coming back to do it again. Um. Acuna, Olsen, that pitching. I mean, what weakness do they really have? Even Michael Harris, center field, he came out of nowhere. Yeah, this team this team is – that's how you build a franchise. I mean, you you could also do it like the Dodgers buy your whole team. But, like, the Braves – I wouldn't say bought the whole team. <laughs> Go Giants. Okay. Um, like, yeah, how's the, the postseason? Hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay. We'll be back. Um, the Braves have built a team – from the ground up and that's that's how you do it you lock them down but uh another question for brad and and aiden is uh similar question before in the 19 game season split what do you how many games do you think the braves won i know the braves won a majority of them but the phillies played them harder at the end yes i i think out of the 19 he said yeah like 11 8 yes uh, brad is spot on yeah. i was very surprised to read that i Going into this, I would have thought the Braves own the Phillies. Now, um, what's what's the split in Atlanta and in Philly? I feel like that's going to be where this series is taken. That Tomahawk, the, I'm assuming you guys saw that video of the Mets taking out their pitcher and it goes dark and the Tomahawk chop with the flashlights begin. Yeah. That might be one of the best things in baseball. That I mean, that you want to get fans involved. You want to get your experience uh, hot and loud. And I mean, that's that's what you have to do. That was incredible. Yeah, I I, I definitely think that I I definitely think that the Phillies know the Braves. I don't. I wouldn't say the Phillies have the Braves number because they don't. The Braves still won the regular season matchup. Um, and I honestly think that without some sort of magic that they had from the last series with some sort of error capitalizing on that, I don't think they have enough to, to overcome the Braves. I think the Braves are one of the true World Series superpowers. The Phillies have that magic, but I don't think that's going to be enough. I don't think the magic of, of Philadelphia is going to be enough. I'm actually considering going up to Philly for one of those games. Uh, so if we do on the next podcast, I'll let you know how that went. Um, but I'm curious how Philadelphia reacts to their first postseason appearance. I, I know it's going to be electric up there, but I want to see how the team reacts to that electricity in the, in the crowd and being at home. 
I, I truly think this series relies on the big dogs for Philly. If they want to have a chance, you need Schwarber to come out and hit his shore bombs. You need Harper to come out and, you know, like light it up, hit well, get his team going. This is his team. Like, you know, you he has to go out there and hit. And, I mean, some of the veterans, you know, like haven't seen the playoffs. Segur hasn't seen the playoffs. Capitalized on his opportunity in the last series. He needs to capitalize. The big dogs, the guys that's been there together, need to lead the team, you know? So, I uh, if Philly has any chance, Harper Schwarber need to take command. Brad, what are your thoughts? Uh, I have the Braves sweeping this. The more and more I look at it, the Phillies are outmatched. Like, the only way I see the Phillies winning a game, like, let's say game two, Wheeler's dealing, you know, uh, Kyle Wright's dealing, the Braves are up 2 nothing. top of the ninth inning, Kenley Jansen is on the mound, and it's time for the Kenley Jansen experience. Like, I, I'm a Dodgers fan, so I went through this for 11 years, so I know every bit of what happens. He makes it interesting. There's never a clean save. I think they could beat Kenley, but if Ken, if that doesn't come to that, I got Braves in three. Yeah, I'm going to go Braves in four. I think – I honestly think they're going to jump on one of the elite pitchers. I don't think that's something that many people would expect. I don't think it's going to be freed, but it could be right. I think that their bats could jump on one of the, one of the main pitchers because keep in mind they've been seeing these pitchers all year. Um, they are relatively familiar to them. You know, it, it being in the division is, is, is definitely weird because the Braves are familiar with the pitchers in the Phillies. The Phillies are familiar with the pitchers from the Braves. So, so I mean, it's really – it's going to be interesting to see how how they react to pitchers that they're so familiar with. I, I don't know. I think I think the Phillies might jump on one of the three pitchers in the first, in the first games, but I don't see it being enough. Uh, the Braves just have too much firepower. Yeah, I mean, I I have I have Atlanta in four. Um, you really look at it, and I mean, you guys said it perfectly. Atlanta just has too much, just too much in general. You know, they have, and I think Atlanta goes up to nothing, takes both the games at home. Um, Philly then takes game game three at home first playoff. They have Nola on the mound. They take that game. They take the game at home with Nola, electric experience, but then it all comes crumbling down. Game four, Atlanta is just, I think it's going to be a landslide in game four. I, I mean, it's going to get ugly. Um, Obviously, you still have to put in decent pitchers, so, you know, you don't have a Toronto recap. But I, I think it's going to be Atlanta scoring double digits would be my guess in game four and shuts it down, goes back to the NLCS. All right, so you guys want to guess your MVPs? Sure. Uh, I'm floating on two again. So if you give me, if you guys make yours, I think I'll have mine. All right, Aiden, you want to start us off? Oh, man, this one's tough for me because I know it. I know, I know I said it kind of relies on the big dogs of Philly. But I can't pick either one because it's going to go in four. Uh, I'm I'm down, like like Brad said, I'm down to two, but two on Atlanta. I, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the outfielders for Atlanta. I think it's either Harris or Cunha, but you have that dark horse pick in Contreras, William Contreras. I feel like could be that sneaky pick. I'm gonna go with Michael Harris. I think he's going to take it in stride. He's going to go. He's going to just take his regular season, season keep it. He's going to get a couple of watch knocks here, and he's going to hit a huge, when I say huge, a huge playoff home run, walk off, go ahead, something like that. I got Riley. I got Austin Riley. I mean, this is your player of the month. When he had that player of the month, that was arguably the best month I've ever – like one of the best months I've seen from a player. He just – when I when I saw him go up to the plate, I was genuinely scared. Um, I think I think if he can 
if he can regain that and get hot at the right time, this is a streaky player we're talking about. I think Riley, uh, Austin Riley, is, is probably the scariest batter to face in that lineup. Uh, so I'm going to go with him. Dansby Swanson, go get yourself paid. Nope. Go get yeah. paid. I mean, I, I, I like that. I like that pick. Um, I do. I, yeah. No, simple. I like it. I like I like I like both of you guys' picks. I mean, I think I think we all know Atlanta's the powerhouse here. Atlanta's gonna we all have Atlanta winning, and one of the Atlanta guys is gonna take control. All right, all right. I, I'm gonna. Do you mind if I go off for a go, second? Go ahead. Your team. Okay. You're in the playoffs. Okay. So, I love the Dodgers, but I am nervous. I don't trust this team. Like this team reminds me of 2019. We are good, but we are not that good. You're throwing Urias, then Kershaw, then probably Anderson for game one, two, three. We don't know who game four is. It'll probably be Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Andrew Heaney, some combination of that. The bullpen's good. You get to our bullpen, you're not scoring. Like Yancy Almonte, Chris Martin, Evan Phillips, Alex Fessio has had one of the highest K per nines in baseball this year. Dustin May will probably be in that bullpen. Please do not put Craig Kimbrell on the mound. I'll have a panic attack. That, that, what are your thoughts on Kimbrell? Man? Like... I, I, no, no, no. He's, they replaced Kenley Jansen with Kenley Jansen. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And they're coming against these Padres, and the Padres aren't good. They're fine. They're hot, though. The Padres are hot in the streets right now. I have the Dodgers taking game one. Mike Clevenger doesn't know where he is at any given time. And the Dodgers can beat Clevenger. They've proven it multiple times this year. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about if Freeman, Turner, and Betts don't go, the Dodgers are screwed. Postseason Ballinger will probably help, but to what degree? I think the Dodgers can win this series. I have the Dodgers winning this series. But it reminds me so much of the Giants series last year where the Giants were hot, they were good during the regular season. Padres weren't as good during the regular season. I think the Dodgers are going to burn so much winning this series that it's going to cost them in the championship series. But I have the Dodgers winning it here. I think there's they outmatch the Padres is what it comes down to. Where the Mets, like you could see where they would fall through the cracks. The Dodgers have like they have nice cracks, but yeah, they, okay. <laughs> but like let's say Trent Grisham the bottom of that lineup's hot the Dodgers can get out Manny Machado go pull up a clip of Dustin May striking out Manny Machado go pull Fernando Tatis swing his back out even though he's suspended the Dodgers can beat the top of that lineup I'm just worried about the depth yeah um and I mean I, I, I get where you're coming from you know being concerned of the Dodgers and uh personally if they make it to the NLCS I don't see them you know going you know to the World Series um I think this is one of the teams hey <laughs> I'm not gonna say the Mets because the Mets are the Mets you know nobody can be the Mets um they were hot in the regular season you know can they continue it I think they can continue it past this round I think they would take San Diego, I think it will be a lot closer than people think. I think I'm going to go five games. I'm going to just alternate. I think it 1-1, 2-1, you know, Dodgers winning. I do think, I mean, biggest, you know, what about Musgrove, you know? You know, him and his shiny ears, I think he – you know, I, I don't know. I think that's the that, that's one of the games where San Diego takes LA. Um, and I think, you know, San Diego will sneak out another win here. Um, but I think it's gonna be one of the series is where LA not almost dominates, but it looks close on paper. Like they always have the momentum, they always have this, they always have that. But San Diego sticks around, wins one game here, they might dominate one game, but Dodgers in five. I I want to say sweep for the Dodgers because that I mean this is this is the best Dodgers team I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, uh, this is this is this is the best Dodgers team I've seen in years, if not all time. I mean the record stands for it, and the Dodgers just slapped the Padres in the regular season. It's not even close. So realistically, on paper, this team should not even have a chance, but. The way Musgrove has been pitching, the way Darvish has been pitching, I'm I'm gonna stretch it to four games, Dodgers and four. Um, it's just too much. I I don't think 
this is the least competitive game, I think, at least at least competitive series, in my opinion, just because the Dodgers could do the Dodger normal thing and just choke like they always do. But I, I think that the Padres, they're just not they're not stacked up well against the Dodgers. They if they were, they would have proved it in the regular season. I get the the, the, the Padres might be a better postseason team, but even if they were, it's hard to even break 500 with this team. So I don't, I don't see it going more than four games. Yeah, and real quick, you know, before we add our uh, predictions in a minute, uh, you know, I do want to point out that the Dodgers, you know, they're there, the the team. You have, you know, Freeman, and Freeman has to get his hits. Um, can they, you know, what about, what if Tatis is there? That's going to be the biggest question mark is, could they have won the series with Tatis? I don't think so. I still think the Dodgers win. But it's one of those questions, you know, to keep in mind. Um, predictions. Brad. Uh, Mookie Betts, take it over. Do your thing. Show the Padres why we're better. It's simple. Yeah. Nope. Um, uh, same thing. I mean, I think last series, uh, Soto has to be the reason they win. I'm not taking Soto. He has to be the reason they win. I don't think he does, though. And for that reason... I am going with the one and only Will Smith. Interesting. All right. I'm going Freddie, big Freddie. He's just going to, he's going to hit three singles a night and he's just going to keep getting on base. He just does that. I mean, it's, it's annoying to watch on television, but he's just going to keep hitting singles. He might hit a double, but he's just going to be on base all the time. And he's going to be a pain for the uh, Padres. He's just going to be on base a lot. He's, he's going to become very familiar with the first baseman. So it, it, it's going to be nice. I think Freddie's got MVP easy. And thank you for listening to the 4A podcast. Let's go, Dodgers. Go, Giants. Let's go. Go See you all next time.